Good evening to all of you. The subject of the Shia this evening, our response towards the Surfside tragedy. We are currently in the period of the Yemei Mitzorim, the nine days, when our efforts have to be towards improving and upgrading our and therefore our thoughts at this time gravitate towards our suffering brethren around the world, Bechlau, and Surfside, Miami, has been very much the focus of Klal Yisrael. And Be'ez Hashem made the schus of the Shir this evening help to activate Rachmei Shemayim that those who are still have not yet been found should be zeicha, should be found at least to be brought to Kavah Yisrael. On Shibos of Atamos, in in North Miami Beach, just miles away, Rabbi Ephraim Shapiro stood there before, before Mincha and said, we're about to say, Avinu Malkeinu, Avinu Malkeinu, Zohar Ki Ofer Anochnu. And he says, when have we ever been able to, in our lifetime, he said, realize, it's a literal translation of those words, realize, remember, Zohar Ki Ofer Anochnu, our brothers, our sisters, children, are stuck in the rubble, and it takes on a new meaning. In captivity, this was uh, quite close to the ocean. All around there, it was definitely, it was definitely a tremendous sorrow. And we must battle, of course, that it should turn. So before I address the subject the aspect of Ben Odom Lechaveiroi, I would like to first speak about, I think, a very important response, the, the very important aspect that may not and mustn't be ignored. The recent tragedy, the recent tragedy, which when one looks around, one sees it's been described as the nation's first unexplained, unexplained, uh, the, the way the building collapsed, there's no way that at, as yet that they can work out why, and it's shaken Klal Yisrael, adding to the list of the Tyre Eden who've been taken away, whether it was in Miron, the bleachers of the collapse in Kalin, the cable car, and now the latest tragedy. And Klal Yisrael is struggling to find meaning in these unusual catastrophes. And therefore I'd like to start off, I'd like to mention something which I heard many years back from Atisheol Solomon Shlita, at, and which I think can give us uh, perspective, a perspective towards this, which is important to us in this period of time. He said this over at the time of the, of the tragic passing of Rav Pincus. Rav Pincus, who was somebody who could have become one of the Gedele Hadoyer, was on the way to, he was one of, with, with his wife and his daughter in a car, and they were on the way to Ishir, whatever it, it was, and they were tragically killed. And this caused, the ripple waves caused shock uh, over at Israel, and nobody managed to nobody managed to say divrei nichumim, which could calm people down. And he brought Matisyahu Solomon over from America, and he said a chazal told over chazal. The Gemara tells us that haroye bote Yisrael be Yeshuvam. There's a bracha to make when we see the homes of Klal Yisrael be Yeshuvam in an inhabited state, and there's a special bracha to make when we see them in a state of destruction. And the Gemara tells us there were two Amaroim, Ulla and Rav Chista, were walking along the road and they reached the entrance of the house 
of somebody called Rabchana ben Chanelaya. But somehow the building had collapsed, it had collapsed, and Rabchista and, and sighed. He, was, he, had, he had tremendous pain, and Ola said to him, Why are you sighing? And he said, What do you mean? Why am I sighing? You know, this was the house, there was such chesed coming from this house. There were 60 bakers during the day, 60 bakers at night, and they would bake bread for any, anybody, all Anim from a huge area would come there. Rav Chonobach himself would be sitting there giving out money almost 24 hours a day, and now this house, they, this house is, is in ruin. Should I not, should I not be upset? Should I, should it not bother me? And Ola tried to console him, and he told him over, and he said, there's a Chazal which tells us that Nigzara Gezeira al Botein shel Tzadikim. That after the Chorban, there's a Gezeira on the homes of, of Tzadikim, that the homes of Tzadikim will be destroyed. And he carried on and said, why is that? Because Dayoi Le'eved Sheheke Rabboi. Dayoi Le'eved Sheheke Rabboi means that HaKadosh Baruch home is destroyed, and if HaKadosh Baruch home is destroyed, then the homes of Tzadikim in generations are also destroyed. And the Masho explains, and the Masho added some, some chat to it, and he says that we're in Golos so long, there are times when we forget that we're in Golos. And we forget, there are times when we forget that we're in Golos, and we forget the tremendous Tzah that HaKadosh Baruch has when Klal Yisrael in Golos. And at times when HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to remind us, and at that time, that's a time when tragedies happen, and one of the purpose of tragedies are, one sees a collapsed house, one sees a collapsed building, it is supposed to jerk our memories to remember and realize that there is a, a greater Chorban that we should be worrying about. The Chavetz Chaim once sent out some of his Talmidim and said, I have some money to give. Find me a home in Radin where the people don't even have a chair to sit on, they're so poor. And the Talmudim went right round the town and he came back and said, there's no such house exists. Every house, however poor they are, they've got a roof over their heads and, they've got, and, they, and they have chairs. And the Chavetz Chaim burst out crying. He said, Chazal tell us that from the time of the Chorban Abayis, the home of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, the chair that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sits on, the Kisei covered, it doesn't have four legs and HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have a chair to sit on. Don't we feel the pain of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? There's a sefer written by one of the, called the Balach Haredim. And he says a very interesting concept. He says that we have to daven when somebody is ill, Rachman al-Islam. And if we don't daven for someone who's ill, then Nikrochoyte, because we could alleviate the pain. And if we daven for regular Choyle, how much more for Tamidah Chachomim? And if we have to daven for Tamidah Chachomim, how much more do we have to daven for the Tzah HaShchina? Understand that the Rebbeinish Lailam has pain. Rebbeinish has pain. There's a very well-known Baskol, which came at the time of the Shla Kodesh, and, uh, and told them, told them, Ilu Meshari'm, if you could evaluate, Echot me elef alfei alofim v'roiv ribay revovois, a millionth or a billionth me hatzah, you would realize the tzah that I have, when Klal Yisrael in Golos, a tremendous tzah, then you would not, you would not be able to enjoy, so to speak, the enjoyments of life if you'd realize what the Tzah, what the Shechina is suffering. The concept of Tzah HaShechina, very difficult to explain, literally means the pain and anguish of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not something we're able to relate to easily. What does it mean HaKadosh Baruch Hu has pain? How do we understand it? And I think the best way to understand it is 
to understand it, let's take a pasuk. Bonim gidalti mamti poshubi. Hagadish says, I brought children's klal Yisrael, so to speak, to the world. These are my children, and they've rebelled. Let's let's think of the tsar Hagadish in terms of tsar gidel bonim of the tsar. My Rebbe Reb Shach would not sit down to breakfast in the morning until one after nine o'clock. He davened very early and he would not eat anything. And the reason was, he said, that unfortunately in Eretz Yisrael they are, they are well over almost one and a half million children going to school in Eretz Yisrael who go to the type of schools which, which, the, uh, which is in the spirit of reform and whatever else it is where the children come to, come to, come to school, there's no Moida Ani, there's no Tzitzis, there's no, there's no Davening, there's no, there's no Moshe Rabbeinu, there's no Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, there's no Matan Torah. And, and, and Rav Shach used to say, can we begin to imagine the pain that HaKadosh Baruch Hu must have? Hundred, one and a half million potentially it could be to make a Shabbos Rabban and they're, and they're coming to school they're coming to schools and there's no Yiddishkeit there's no Yomtev there's nothing at all there's, there's, and can, can one imagine the pain and we're living in a time and one has to realize that and it's something we have to daven for at the moment in, in Eretz Yisrael at the moment the laws that they want to implement they want to implement a law which will which will prevent any Kirov any Kirov if somebody wants to be Makar of a secular person and, and they offer in any way at all words of Kirov to anybody under 18 without, the, without parents' permission, then they want to pass a law that it, 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 they can be put in prison for six months for trying, for trying to push your religion. And at the same time, Rahman al-Islam, the high courts have ruled, and it's already come through, and they've ruled that the missionary organization, the Messianic Jews, for Messianic Jews should be tax, deduct- tax deductible. So this, this, this they allow. In fact, one of the one of the MKs, one of the MKs, Tamar Zandberg, has introduced a motion to create what she calls an absorption basket to sponsor sponsor any boy or girl, teenager who studied in a Haredi educational institution and, and wants to leave the Haredi fold and become a secular person, there must be money out there because parents aren't going to help them. We must create a fund if we want to. This is what's going on at Yisrael. Besides taking away the, they want to take away the right to carry out marriages and marriages and, 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 and geirus, uh, let's understand and appreciate that this is causing HaKadosh Baruch tremendous pain. Once spoke to Rabbim about this aspect to try and sensitize the island the, 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 uh, to understand what it means, what it means, Tsa And he says, let's give an example. Imagine you're on the beach. You're on the beach. Family's gone to the beach. There's a separate beach is there. And they're sitting on the beach. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a mother realizes that her little, her little girl is missing. Her little three-year-old girl is missing. Her little chayla is missing. And she calls around, where's my chayla? She's disappeared. Where is she? And of course, everybody else starts looking for chayla. And the word gets round, this little child has disappeared, and everybody stops, and they stop, and they're looking, and they're searching, and looking here, and they're looking there, and everybody's busy, and everybody comes to a standstill. Some people are searching, some people say to him, 
and this goes on and eventually they call in they can't find this child and they call in the Hatzolah and they call in the other organizations and Rachman al-Itzlan Rachman al-Itzlan this child is found and the ch- child is found and the child is washed up washed up and unfortunately child isn't alive anymore so the Baron Leib, would anybody there be able to carry on their day? And just to carry on as usual, let's carry on with the picnic and let's carry on with the day out, with, with the day out. Can one? And he says, do we not understand how many children the Rebbeinishim has lost? Do we realize how many children HaKadosh Baruch Hu has lost? Uh, the, the, uh, whether, whether it is com- to, to, to assimilation. Let's put it like this. If we utilize the marshal of Chazal, the fallen house, the fallen house represents, represents the Golos. The, the fallen house is the Golos, is a reminder of the Beis Hashem. If the fallen house is Golos, then let's, take a, let's add a new dimension to that marshal. How many Yidin have lost their spiritual lives in Golos? How many Tyra Yidin, at one time Elech Yidin, are currently trapped and ensnared in the pitfalls of Golos? How many young teenagers, boys and girls, children from regular functioning from homes, have proverbially fallen through the cracks and are buried alive under a mountain of dirt of Tumah? Isn't it something that, isn't it something, can we begin to imagine the pain of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? I once heard it said, I once heard it said that one of the reasons, possibly, why our generation is, is one could even call it a plague of children at risk, and children going off the derech. Why is that? Why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought that to us? And, and one of the reasons could possibly be to sensitize us. When are we, gonna, when are we going to wake up and realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has such pain? Look at the Tzah Gidl Bonham of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why don't we daven for the Tzah Hashchina? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to feel the pain in order to sensitize us. Because it takes... It needs, it requires Phyllis of Klalisro to daven for the for the Sahashkina in order to activate the Geula. Okay, let's move on to the second part. Because I think to be able to train ourselves how to identify with the Tsar of the Rebbeinishem, I think we have to come to the second part of the Shia. I want to share with you a fascinating Ayachaim HaKadosh. And Ayachaim HaKadosh has a tremendous Chiddush. He says, the Pesach says, You may not hate. I once heard it said that one of the reasons why we haven't brought Mashiach is because somehow we cannot come to terms with this If somebody would stand up publicly and say, I'm giving a Shia on Chinam. So many in the audience would say, I don't hate anybody. And the others would say, and if I do hate, it's for a good reason. So it's not chinam, it's not chinam. But let's understand what the Torah demands of us. What does it mean not to hate? Then Oyachayim HaKadosh says like this, we're not talking about, the Torah is not talking about, the to- in, 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 on the Torah standards, the Torah maybe never even entertained, there could be such a concept of people actually seeking to harm somebody else, seeking to besmirch their name, to harm them. That doesn't come into question. So what does the Torah mean, Leisisna? And he says it means, and this is something we have to understand, he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to feel like brothers and sisters towards each other. Feel like brothers and sisters towards each other. And he says if we feel apathetic towards somebody else, we feel unconcerned, we feel indifferent to someone else's pain and to somebody else's matzav, 
then he says that is Leisisna and he says that's why it says Leisisna Esochicha to the degree that you don't consider somebody else a brother and a sister he says that's why the Torah juxtaposes puts it, places these words together to tell us if we don't feel if somehow we don't nurture and develop that feeling towards somebody else that this, this, this person is my... That even if the person isn't your brother and sister, but we're all Yidin, and we don't feel, we, we, we're not, we, we, we don't have that sensitivity and the feeling towards somebody else, then chas v'shalem, we're over that Issa. But in the same Rabbi, in the last few months, we've experienced many tragedies. Meron in Ia, Karlin in Sivan, and Surfside in Tamos, and each one, each one with tremendous carbonus, Tremendous carbonus. The most recent surfside collapse has an additional feature to it. The majority of the, of the victims, after Miron, literally within hours, they were brought to Kura. The majority of the victims, two weeks later, are lying somewhere underneath a 30-foot high mountain of rubble. The building collapsed, I think, in seven seconds. And it pancaked down, as that was the expression, while the families were fast asleep, and within seven seconds the building had collapsed. Doubtful whether Rahman al-Islam, the ones buried there, will ever come to Kavir Yisroh. Will their remains be recognizable? Will there, do we understand what that means, to understand the pain? The families have been waiting now over two weeks, and they, they, they're not allowed to be misabal. There's no availus. There's no availus. I'm not even sure they're allowed to say Kaddish, because until we know for sure, there's no Avelis, there's no Kaddish, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no Kura, and there's, and there's no Kever to go to. One, two, there's no Kever to go to. Can one begin to imagine the pain, the pain that these people had from one moment to the next? And I think, Dalka Hashem story, we have no idea why Hakadish Baruch Hu has brought this about. And we don't have to understand. But the timing of this, that when these things happen, during the nine days, a period which comes into the nine days, it must be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us, wants us to stop and ask ourselves. To, to, to what degree, simply put, to ask ourselves honestly, to what degree do we consider a Yid from the other side of the world as a brother or sister? To ask ourselves honestly, do we really care? Do we really feel that pain in any way at all? Do we spend any time at all thinking about the trauma of the families, the men's pain? Has this tragedy impacted our lives in any way? Are we doing anything proactively to alleviate their suffering? Can, these are the questions we have to ask. Are we, are we not to be guilty? Not to be apathetic. Not to be unconcerned. Not to be indifferent. Maybe HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given this to Klal Yisrael now as a wake-up call. This is a, wake, this is a time in the year. We have an opportunity. It's an opportunity we mustn't lose. Let me, let me put it into sharper perspective. Let me show you how Klal Yisrael used to react to such a thing. How did they used to react? In the time of the Churban, there was, of course, the, we all know, this, the great city of Beta. Was, this was the base of the Bar Kokhba uh, rebellion against the Romans. And they were, they, were, they were giving the Romans a really hard time. They were causing tremendous casualties. And when eventually the Romans succeeded with a vengeance, they wanted to punish them. 
and when they, they killed out hundreds of thousands and they would not allow them to bury those people. They weren't allowed to be buried and they were lying on the streets, they were, they were lying on the streets, on the fields, wherever they were, they were, they were, they were, they were there they were to all the elements, uh, subject to, to all the elements, whatever, the vultures and whatever else it was. Let me fast forward, just, the Ubernsham actually made a nace and the nace was that none of the bodies were harmed and eventually they were all brought to Kru. But it took many years. And Kalalisrol didn't know what's going on during those years. No, he had no idea what's going on, where, where, what, what's going on behind those walls. All they knew was that their, their brothers and sisters, whoever their children there, were, were, lying, were lying there and they weren't brought to Kvura. They weren't brought to Kvura. When eventually they were brought to Kvura, then there were, it was such a simcha in Kalalisrol that to remember that simcha, they introduced the fourth bracha in Benching, which is Ateva Metiv. So the fourth bracha in, in benching Atayva Meitiv commemorates the, the, the Haruge Beta when they're brought to Kvura. That's, that's what Chazal tells us. But I saw a fascinating question. And the question is like this. If we want to, if Chazal wants to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so put a bracha into Shman Esra before Maidim. Bracha before Maidim. Why does it come into benching? You want to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu that people were brought to Kvura so you put an extra bracha in benching. What's going to do with benching? And I saw a most beautiful pshat, a very, very touching pshat. And the pshat is like this. What happened during those years? Klal Yisrael didn't, life came to a standstill, so to speak. Nobody could carry on with their normal life. That means nobody, no family, could just sit down, sit down and have a meal, so to speak. How can we sit down round the table, wash for mighty, have a meal, when we know that the, 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 the immense suffering there, yidin there, thousands of yidin there, who are not brought to Kvura, how can we? And he says, right through that period, Kalal Yisrael existed. They existed. They were davening. They were davening. But they couldn't, they weren't, they didn't give themselves, they did not allow themselves, even the regular, the regular routine and pleasures. People, they ate, you had to eat, had a snack here and a snack there, but they, they couldn't sit down. When was the first time Kalal Yisrael sat down to a meal once the Haruge Beta had been brought to Kfura? That's the first, that's when they sat down. So when Chazal thought to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they wanted to, re, to commemorate Ladoiris. I want you to see how Klal Yisrael used to feel towards each other. Let, the, let, let to teach the future generations the level of feeling and empathy that they had towards Harugei Beta. Simply put, they lost their appetite. They went around in a depressed frame of mind, unable to carry on the lives that, uh, 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 unusual. And let me add something to it. And this is frightening. Which generation we're talking about? We're talking about the generation at the time of the Chorpen Bayesheni. And that was the generation that Chazal tell us, HaGadish Baruch Hu destroyed the base of Migdash because of Sinas Chinam. That means their level, HaGadish Baruch Hu wasn't happy with their level, how they felt. And those people who were punished for Sinas Chinam, they were the type of people who couldn't sit down for a meal. Can we imagine what HaGadish Baruch Hu wants from us? I once read, that uh, uh, they brought in, they brought in to Matasio Solomon Shlita some time ago, they brought a young person in who was, who was very ill, had, had the illness, brought him to Matasio on a Friday night on the way home from Davening. And, and, and later during the week, the, the person who took him in to Matasio met this younger man and said, You should know, I took you in, but I, I, in, in, in hindsight, I regret it. Why is that? 
because the Matzor couldn't eat anything the whole Shabbos. Couldn't, he couldn't sit down to make Kiddush. He had such an agmas nefesh. Couldn't eat. He couldn't eat. There's a certain feeling. There's a, there's a, there's a feeling which, 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 which one can develop within oneself that one feels a pain and it's real. It was real till he couldn't. He lost his appetite. How can I sit down and eat? How can I sit down to a Shabbos meal? Our generation, particularly recently, we've seen and heard, unfortunately, so much suffering. We've been through Corona, where we've lost so many, Rachman and Itzlon, Miron, Kalim, the cable car, that I think we may have developed, if we can coin a phrase, an emotional immunity. Because we're unable, we're simply, we're not able to process such pain and trauma. But, like every area in Avedis Hashem, we have to raise ourselves to the challenge that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want us. We cannot have that luxury of remaining emotionally impervious and not, to, not to, um, emotionally unaffected when things are happening. And as we said, who knows, this may be an Isoyen, this may be an Isoyen where HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants HaKadosh before HaKadosh Baruch brings Mashiach, HaKadosh Baruch wants to know, have we put right the Beis HaMilish was Chorov for Sinas Chinon? There was an apathy, we didn't feel connected. Have we, have we put that right? Obviously, it's not a subject which is easy to give over in, in a short shear, but let me just share with you a couple of points which hopefully will come over clearly and, and, and it's something Lemaisa. Let's, un- let's, un- let's understand. What's the purpose of being nice Ba'olam Chavere? What does somebody gain? If, you go, if, you go to, if you're there with the person and you can encourage the person, it's one thing. We're sitting in England. We're sitting in England. We're here in London. And there's a Zidin in, in Surfside. If we daven for them, it's one thing. But we're not talking about davening. We're talking about feeling the pain. So what benefit is it for them, for the families, that we feel the pain? So how, and in what way does it help them? How does the sufferer benefit? And Rabbi Rucham says a tremendous Kiddush. And he says like this. Chazal teach us, for example, that to go, when you go and visit a chayla, it can reduce the level of pain and suffering that would otherwise have come to that person. The Gemara says if it's the same age, but it doesn't have to be the same age. You visit a chayla, you can reduce the pain. And he says the reason is like this. He says all pain and any other manifestation of Dine Shamayim is measured accurately. So HaKadosh sends down, for example, HaKadosh sends down 10 kilos of pain. That's the pain, and, 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 and it's, going to go to, it's going to go to that chayla. Chaveyim come in, and they see, they, they see, the, they see the, the chava, who was previously well and healthy, and they see what he looks like, and it disturbs them, and it hurts them. They feel uncomfortable, and, it, and, and, and they're upset. Every bit of pain that we have chips away. It's like a chisel. We're chipping away from that block of tsar that otherwise that person, that other person would have had. And Rabbi Rucham says that's a simple explanation of what it means to be noisa boil. Noisa boil, one would translate loosely as sharing the weight that someone's carrying on their back. Noisa boil. Let's give a marshal. Imagine a slave is carrying a crushing massive stone on his back. It weighs, let's say it weighs 30, weighs 30 kilo, and he's, and, he's, and he's bent over with it. And you go and you, you put your shoulder and you, and you help him. 
so it's now lighter for him because any weight that you take upon yourself you're relieving it from him and therefore he says the same thing applies with Naisa Ba'oil the more we think about people suffering we just sit here and we think what must they be going through what trauma what pain what anxiety we think about the suffering the more we internalize the pain the more we try and visualize what they are suffering the greater the benefit to the sufferer it's a very 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 important you say that he says and he takes it further and he says let's take it a bit further and he says there's many people confuse with chesed, chesed and rachamim. It's something much deeper. It says that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was nosan einov v'liboy, lios meitzah, einov v'liboy. And he says like this, he says that, he says that many people see other people suffering. And they krechts, ah, terrible, it's so sad, it's terrible. And they think to themselves, he says, that they're nice boil. And he gives a very sharp comment, Shekehu Daiva, the person's fooling himself. That's not, you don't feel the pain of that person. You don't feel the pain. He said, what did Moshe Rabbeinu do to feel the pain? So Chazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu went out and he put his shoulder underneath to help them carry the load. And he says, he says that he didn't do it just to make it easier for them. In other words, it wasn't that they couldn't manage the load and he did it. So why did he do it? And the answer is like this. You see somebody, you see, you see a slave carrying a heavy weight on his back. Moshe felt sorry, but, but you have to understand the pain. Moshe put his shoulder there. His main attention was, what does it feel like? How, does, how the weight causes, the weight of the stone starts digging into the back, which in turn inflicts uh, excruciating pain when it presses on the nerves. And it's all of a sudden you start realizing it's damaging the muscles, the spinal cords. It scratches. It, the, the, the stone scratches as you walk along. It causes open wounds, which adds to the pain when the weight of the stone on the open wounds. And eventually the open wound gets infectious. And for good measure, the cruel, sadistic taskmaster uh, task decides you're not working hard enough and he whips the painful back. Moshe didn't want to be Yetzer with a krechts. Moshe wanted to, Moshe wanted to be able to be nicer by oil. And you can only be nicer by oil if you feel the pain. I want to share with you a couple of personal illustrations how difficult it is. And it's a very difficult thing to do. My mother, Leah Sholem, had Parkinson's for well over 30 years. Towards the end of her life, she was physically, she was totally immobile. She couldn't eat or drink on her own. She couldn't blow her nose. She couldn't scratch her face. She couldn't lift up her head. And she couldn't turn in bed. And I would sometimes think to myself, let me try and imagine what my mother must go through. How many times do I turn in bed before one finds a comfortable position? How many times when I have an itch on the face and you scratch? And I, I used to try and think, what, what must it feel for my mother? But whenever I tried to think of that, my mind blacked out. And I couldn't think of it. I couldn't, I couldn't allow myself to process it. It was too painful. I had a neighbor. I had a neighbor who's not alive anymore. But many years back, he lost his wife and she was relatively young. And I remember how sorry I felt for him. So I would try to be nice to Boyle. 
And I used to try and think to myself, he's coming home from shul. And in my mind's eye, I see him coming from shul. And I used to, in my mind's eye, watch him walk up the path. Walk up the path and turn the key in the door. And he's going to come into our house and, he, and there's no one to say good Shabbos to. Because the walls are just going to reverberate his good Shabbos. There's no wife in the house. And whenever I try to think about it, it in other words, go into the house, the pain, I couldn't do it. In other words, I could never get past the front door. I was, I was never able to process the pain of that person past the front door. I wasn't able to. My, my mind would freeze. It was too painful to think about him walking to empty house. Subconsciously, my mind switched off. But in both of these scenarios, I must admit, I took the easy option. And I didn't think any further. But it wasn't right. It's not right. It's not right. Because I deprived myself of feeling the pain. That's the essence. That is what Noisa Ba'oil is. Noisa Ba'oil is feeling that pain. Thinking of him Till the front door is Rachamim. That's Chesed and Rachamim. It's very nice. Anyone can do that. But to mentally go into the house with him together, that is difficult. Noisa Ba'oil starts when it hurts. Because when it really hurts me, it helps him reduce his pain. That's what Noisa Ba'oil is. It's not easy. I once asked him, I said, how do you cope with everything that you hear? I said, if, 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 you, if you would absorb everything that you hear, you wouldn't be able to function. And if you switch off your emotions, and you numb your emotions, then you can't help anybody. How, what do you do? And he said to me, I want you to know I struggle with this every single day. And what I do is, when somebody tells me something, I've taught myself, I've taught myself to open up my emotions for a very short time and close it immediately. But I feel it. There's a moment that I feel it. And I, I, can't, I can't hold on to that. I close up straight away. I had a schus many, many years back when my auntie was ill. My auntie, Chai Rochel Katz, uh, when she was seriously ill, I got a phone call to go to a stipler. I'll never forget, it was caught about 11 at night. And I walk into the stipler's home. And the stipler was in the middle of learning, middle of teeth and learning, and I stood there. And he looks up, he looked at me, and he said to me, you're coming for a chayla, aren't you? And I said, yes. He looks at me again. You're coming for a chayla masukan, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, have you got the name? I said, yes. And I gave him the name. And he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he closed his Gemara, and he said, I'm going to say to Hillim now. And I never understood it. Why? You're in the middle of learning. Put it away, and say to him tomorrow. Say to him tomorrow. No. Because when I told him what this woman was going through, this harsh woman was going through, it pained him. At that moment, he felt the pain. And if you feel the pain, you can daven. Tomorrow, fine, tomorrow, there are many other things on his mind. He may not have that pain. He, he didn't want to lose that opportunity. There was a Rosh Hashiva in America called Abyosov Rosenblum, who couldn't sleep at night at the end of his life. And the doctors said that he has to sleep. For, he has to, needs, needs that sleep. So they gave him sleeping pills. And a few nights later, he said to Simon, that's it, I'm not taking any more sleeping pills. And they said, why not? He said, because a young almana came to me and asked me for words of chizuk. I was so, it hurt me so much. Hurt me so much. I was living with that pain for her. But then when I started taking these pills, it dulled, the, it dulled my senses. I don't feel the pain. If I cannot be a noiser but oil, I'm not going to. Then I'm not going to. I'm not, I, I cannot continue with that. Noiser but oil means feeling the pain. 
Rabbi Yochum writes, you have to know this is not an extra. He writes this, what we are talking about tonight. He says, Midazu, this is the Yesoid of Benodom Without that, he says, it doesn't start. It's Rachamim. But to feel for somebody else. Feel for somebody else. Let me just add this. Let me just add this story. When Rubashkin, Rabbi Rubashkin came out of prison. Came out of prison. And he came out after eight years. Rabbi Falk and his wife sat down and they had a Lachaim together. But a story went out. He didn't just have a Lachaim. He said Shechionu. So Rav Zimmerman, the gate of Rav, that's the, ostensibly went to him and asked him and said, you, you, you've been mechadish a big chiddish. You say, you say a shechiyonu Hashem and Malchus, somebody else comes out of prison? What's the pshat? Where, where are you coming from? It's a nice, it's a, you must have a, you must have a simon and mach about it. And the Belial says, if you would know what pain I felt when he was in prison, you wouldn't ask that question. If you would understand, that's what it means. That's what Naisa Boil is. In summary, when the Rebbeinishim brings tragedies upon us, our Messiah is, the Rebbeinishim is giving us an opportunity to grow and become better Eden. The natural response to these types of tragedies is to numb our emotions, to, look, to lock up our feelings and block our sentiments, to remain... Uh, for, for, because we, we feel to, to, to protect ourselves to remain apathetic, indifferent because it's too painful but our avoid is to the contrary our avoid is to develop deep and genuine feelings towards those that are suffering we achieve that by thinking about them even if it's for a few seconds even a few seconds, it's painful, stop but, but we're trying, we're, we're working we have to work towards it the main avoid is to train ourselves, to push ourselves that little bit, even if it's painful, to try and think and understand that suffering, that, that, what we, that, that this is something Akashboku wants from us and how that can help that person. We can make somebody else's peckle lighter by, by feeling the pain for that person. The goal, Rebbeinishim brings these things it's to connect Yidin around the world, the labor of a nefesh. Sometimes we look at people from different circles, they're not part of ours, they're not us, and it comes to Agudim Betzorah, this Akadish who wants us to connect the surfside tra- the tragedy, Miron, maybe a wake-up call to us, to encourage us, to put effort into developing this beautiful midah of Neisab oil, and first and foremost with our own families with our own families, with our siblings, with our children, with our, with our, with our wider family. And then, of course, with the people in the town. And with Klal Yisrael. That's what HaKadosh Baruch wants. And let me conclude. Let me conclude with a story. Coming back. I think we cannot begin to start being, feeling Tzah HaShchina if we don't feel the Tzah of our own friends and, and people. The, the feeling the Tzah for others can allow us to start feeling. And let me just share a story with you. There was a Rosh Hashiva in Yisrael who wanted to look up something and he wanted some peace and quiet. He went to a shul that he knew was empty that time of day, Ben Astori. That means between one and three it was empty. And he went there. N- nobody was ever there. But when he came there, he heard there's somebody in there. In there was a little boy, a little Yosem. 
this Yosem was there, and this Yosem was davening, and 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 the uh, the Roshiva stood back and he listened. Rebbeinu Shalayla, this boy had lost his father two and a half months earlier, and this boy stands in front of him and says, Rebbeinu Shalayla, I know that this sorrow you've brought us is very hard for us, but it must be that you have a reason to tova. Our my father. That the father who died always told us that everything you do is Latova. It's always Latova. We may not understand it. And Rebbein if that's the case, then I believe it's Latova. And I, I believe it to such a degree, Akedish Baruch I want to give you a present. I want to give you a present. And I want to tell you what the present is. And the child burst out crying. And the child cried and cried and cried. And when the child stopped crying, said Akedish Baruch I want to give you the pain that I had. You know what pain I've had. You know how every night I cry myself to sleep, how I can't go to school, and what I'm suffering. You know what I'm suffering. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, our Rebbe told us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is also suffering. You're suffering. You're suffering that we're in Golos. You're suffering that people are doing Averis. You're also suffering. My Rebbe taught us that that the more pain you have, you get reward for having pain. Whether that's the Pashup Shat or not, but that's what the child said. That's what he said. And therefore, Akadish Bokhu, I want to give you a present. I want to give you all the tsar that I have. That you, Akadish Bokhu, should have nachas from Klal Yisrael. If a little boy can do that, so can we. And this is a time in the year when we've got to think about, think. This is a time where we've got to bring out our sensitivities. We've got to heighten our sensitivities. It's a time when we've got to sit and think. To think first and foremost about the Rebbeinu Shalom, the pain Akedish Baruch has. And when one sees, one sees around, one sees children, one sees families who are going through nothing less than a Gehenim. What they're going through when, when, when some of their children, when some of their children act out, what, what they are going through. When we see that, let's use that as a marshal. What's Akedish Baruch going through? How much Tzad Akedish Baruch has done for the Tzad? And to daven, to learn to daven for each other, to, to learn to feel the pain, spend time, let's connect to reality, let's look around. And Be'ez Hashem, when we do that, may, may we be zoiche to the time of Mesoyz Chosun Al-Kala, Yosef Alayich Alekoyich, the time when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will see how we feel his pain, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will respond with that posuk, and the time will come when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring the Geula Shalema in a time of the greatest Simcha, the time when there will no longer be any, any Tzah, but Binyan Beis HaMikdash, from here of Yemenu, Amen.